Welcome to The Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you've experienced the loss of someone close to you, Dr. Connie and her guests will share guidance, love, and support to help keep you moving. Now, here is Dr. Connie. Welcome back to our monthly show. We welcome you to Widow's Walk. I'm going on a very bittersweet journey tomorrow. I'm flying off to Toronto to attend the celebration of life of my late husband, John's dearest friend, Peter Conkergood. Peter and his girlfriend, uh, Dr. Barbara Landau, were supposed to have been on my show last month, but Peter died two days before the show was aired. So my heart goes out to the family and to Barbara. Peter was a widow who met, who was a widower who met a widow, Barbara. And uh, that relationship passed through his death physically uh, a month ago. And so I'll I'll be honoring his memory and I'll be giving hugs to, to Barbara. So I think of his passage and the passage of my loved one, John, four years ago. And I really think the most painful part of this journey is facing the reality that I will never see John in this life again, that his physicality has gone. It's gone. It's not there. But is he gone forever? Are our loved ones gone forever? I don't think so. I know that I miss the sound of his voice and his touch and his scent and his energy. I miss his physical contact and his physical death took him away. But I know John and our loved ones are not gone forever. I I was raised Christian, so I, I do believe that when we pass, there is an afterlife that even though our bodies go away, as a physician, I know they decay, they go away, they from dust, from ashes to ashes to dust to dust, but our souls live on. The soul, the soul never dies. And the soul and the spirit stay intact and they stay in touch with loved ones. And I know that for a fact, definitely in my case. So as I walk this widow's walk the last four years, which I'm walking with you today on this podcast, I think the steps we take to heal us and to move on include accepting and embracing the fact that there is no longer physical presence of our loved ones. But as part of our personal journey, we find, how do I move on? How do I heal? No one can ever tell you not to grieve or how to grieve or how long it's going to take. It's a very personal journey, as you will know. Nobody can do it for you. You can't delegate people. You got to walk the walk. That's the hard part. But for me, the walk that involved moving forward without John in this physical life was really made possible in the past four years to many, many people who I call my angels, my angel guides, my spirit guides. They who constantly remind me that his soul and spirit remained. And in my heart, I know his soul is there. It's here and it's with me forever. So what has really brought me comfort many times over has been my connection with John through evidential medium. So here it is, you know, people are going to go, oh my gosh, Dr. Connie comes out of the woo-woo closet. And I just find it interesting because a lot of times in as a physician, I will see a patient in clinic who has lost a loved one and I'll innocently ask them, do you still sense them? Do you feel them? Do you know they're around? And invariably they'll say, you know, I do. I really do. I still feel them. So where does the word woo-woo come up? Because some people used to say that. And I, and I laugh because as I talk about 
spirit guides and mediums and psychics and astrologers. I, I can see the headlines. Former White House doctor embraces psychics, astrologers, and mediums. You know, she's coming out of the woo-woo closet. Well, you know, it was good enough for Nancy Reagan. It's good enough for me. So I Google, I Googled the definition of woo-woo, and there's a definition. It says the it's an adjective that says dubiously or outlandishly mystical, supernatural, or unscientific. Well, you know what? I think Google's wrong. I reject that. I reject that a lot. I, I, there's a lot we don't know. And in my personal life, I really believe I've always had this fascination connecting with those who have passed. And I'm not the only one who believes in connecting with those who have passed. If you take a poll of the American public, about seven in 10 Americans say it is possible to feel the presence of someone who's died, seven out of 10. 51% of Americans say that living people can be helped by those who have passed. Nearly three quarters of American adults say they believe in heaven. And one in five or about 22% of Americans say they have consulted a fortune teller, a psychic, a medium at some point in their life. So 57% of Americans believe in psychic phenomena such as extrasensory perception, telepathy, or experiences that cannot be explained by normal means. Three quarters of United States adults consider themselves to be spiritual, but not religious, and they hold one or more new age beliefs, such as beliefs in psychics. So I'm not alone. And I look back at my 68 years in this physical life, and I've always been fascinated by signs. And in my memoir, which I published about 15 years ago, about my nine years as White House doctor, I shared a lot about the signs that showed that I was going to go to the White House as, as a doctor. And one pivotal encounter in which I was interviewed for the White House job, right as I was going to walk in and be interviewed, I prayed out loud to myself and said, ask God, show me a sign. And I walked into the interview and I saw the sign. It was a Band-Aid on my future boss's forehead. So some people may think that's synchronicity, it's coincidental, but you know what? What's the harm? It brought me comfort, right? And what's the harm that I consult mediums at times that I feel and I have ev evidence, they call them evidential mediums, specific things that show me that my beloved John is there. So as a physician, I always make sure I do due diligence. I look for signs of depression, anxiety, insomnia. Obviously, those things that come into play for people who are grieving lost ones, are they able to function? Do I need to send them to a therapist? Do I need, we need to put them on antidepressants? Definitely all those things. I do not discount those. But I always leave a little bit of hope there as well and say, tell me, do you believe in mediums? Do you believe in life after death? What is your religious? What is, what is your aspect or your spirituality? Would you be open to that? And the majority of my patients and my friends always ask, you know, I'd really be interested. And I've seen how they reacted when they do finally connect and believe that they are connected with their loved ones. Uh, evidential mediums have been studied for years. There's Professor Gary Schwartz at University of Arizona, Department of Neurology at their School of Medicine. He has studied mediums for years and has tested them repeatedly and that they are the real deal. So my journey has included knowing several evidential mediums, and I love to see how they work. They have reassured me many times, and they have been spot on. And they have taught me in many of my readings about John, how he is always with me, that love never dies. And when he does pop up in my everyday life, 
either through music, through sound, through images, through numbers, through messages that I really perceive. I call those kisses from heaven. So for the past four years, I've repeatedly received these kisses. And and I just smile that he is reaching out and telling me how much he loves me and is with me and guides me. And and I feel great peace and comfort knowing he's having the time of his afterlife. So my widow's journey, my walk itself, led me to the studio today to be with somebody, with somebody very, very special in my life. And that is my personal medium, if you can have one, I get to have one, Michelle Claire, who lives in Arizona. Uh, my friend, Michelle Claire, evidential medium, and I, I'll go over her list of talents and her gifts, was on my house calls show in October 2021. She is a certified medium, so she has been vetted by the best people to make sure she is accurate. She doesn't go online to Google somebody beforehand. She does connect. She does know how to channel. She's an angel intuitive. She's a spiritual coach. She's an energetic leader. She's intuitive life coach. And also, in addition to all those amazing gifts, she's a three-time near-death experience survivor. She has received messages from loved ones who have crossed over, as well as angels and life guides. In a span of 11 years, she experienced three near-death experiences. The first was in April 2000. The second was in May 20, uh, 2006. And a monumental life-changing event in which Michelle suffered traumatic brain injury occurred November 1, 2011. It was interesting when I was looking for a local medium, there is a website that has been vetted and approved of trusted mediums in each state. And what drew myself and one of my friends to Michelle's website were the numbers 1111. So my angel number is 11, and I have a bracelet that has 1111. And I think the message is angels, angel messages, wishes fulfilled. So I instantly drawn to 1111. So shortly after this life-altering event that Michelle experienced, she started receiving information for other people from their loved ones who had transitioned. So all her three near-death experiences were a reminder of the unconditional love and connection that surpasses our earthly life. So she's here today in studio. Thanks for being on my on my show today, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. You are just an amazing person. And we talked about channeling and connecting. And how long or when did you realize you had this gift in your life? I realized when my grandfather was about, I was 12 and he passed. And at that point in time, I realized he and I were still communicating. And I mentioned it to my mom and my mom kind of said, well, that's what you think grandpa would say. And so it was at that point in time that I realized there was something more happening, but it wasn't happening for everyone. Then my grandmother passed and I had a similar experience with her and it kind of went on that way until I started having my near-death experiences. And then each one opened my ability to communicate up to the next level. Can you share about those briefly about those three, ex you know, one's enough, but you had three of them. Right. Yes. Yeah. I had three. So um, really briefly, um, the first one, I was in the hospital because my sister-in-law had had a baby and I had a seizure. And at that point in time, I remember opening my eyes and I'm laying with my head in my grandma's lap. And she had passed a couple years prior to that. She looked like the youngest, brightest, healthiest version that I could remember of grandma. And as I was with her, I realized I was laying in this room that was solid white walls, except they weren't solid. They were alive and breathing and every cell or molecule was radiating light and love. And as I just 
oh, soaked it up. But this timelessness, this blissful state, unconditional love, I realized that there was a beautiful angel standing next to my grandmother and she was about 12 feet tall. And at that point I looked at her and and I remember almost being pulled into her energy and wanting to look for her feather wings. And what I realized were they were actually made of light, not feathers. And I thought to myself, what is your name? And she said, it's Madeline. I'm your guardian angel. And I was surprised because I did not know about telepathic communication. And the next thing I know, I hear them yelling, code, 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 and I'm back in my body. And it felt like I dropped out of a 10-story building, heavy, <laughs> dense. My arm felt like it weighed 500 pounds. It was really intense. Was that back. a tease that they did you? You got a little taste of heaven, didn't you? I, I did. I got oh a taste of heaven. Gosh. And But here's the amazing thing that I realized. My grandma knew I was coming. She was waiting right there for me. There was a beautiful angel who knew I was coming and was waiting right there for me. And I had always believed in angels, but it, it's different to see one and experience one than just believe. So so as a physician, you had no predisposition to seizures. You had a grand mal seizure in a hospital with a nurse beside you, a very safe place. You didn't have it while you're driving a car. You didn't have it alone. You were, it was witnessed. That's Correct. And then the second time? The second time I had a lot of complications after I had my son. So I was in the hospital about four out of six weeks. They said, come on in, we're going to do a DNC and you'll be fine. So I said, okay. Um, actually, the night before I had this rock in my stomach where I didn't think I should go, but I ignored it because I would figured in 45 minutes I would be fine is basically what yeah, I had you'd been be promised. done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I was almost done. Uh-huh. Uh, just not that kind of done. So I go in for the procedure. I remember counting backwards for the anesthesiologist. And the next thing I know, I see my beautiful white German shepherd walk into the operating room while I'm laying on the gurney. And she lays her head on the gurney. And the next thing I know, we're gone. And we are on this phenomenal beach where there are smells and sounds and colors that we do not have here on planet Earth that we just can't perceive. Every drop of water in this ocean, every cell and molecule and every living thing on this plane was just sending out light and love and this heavenly bliss. And so my beautiful dog and I am looking at her. We're communicating telepathically. She's happy that I'm there. We're running on the beach. And at some point I realize, you know, I'm not getting hot or tired or thirsty. And we've been running a long time. And at that time, I feel my son calling baby. to me. Your baby's yeah. calling you. Yes. And so I, oh. I'm able to be in more than one place at a time, like our soul often is. And I understand that more now with my mediumship. And at that point in time, my soul goes to him and he's scared because I'm leaving. And I remember saying to him, I will find a way to stay. And I start praying. I don't know what else to do. And I start saying, it's not my time. My kids still need me. I need to stay. And the next thing I know, I'm back in the operating room. Jesus is coming in as my friend, not as bow down to me and pray to me and, you know, confess your sins, but literally I'm here to help you. The operating room lights up with this beautiful white golden light and I'm waking up in post-op and my 45 minute procedure turned into a three and a half hour emergency surgery because he ruptured my uterus in two places and he missed perforated my you. artery yeah. by oh, a millimeter. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You almost died. Yeah. They brought you back. Mm-hmm. And then the third time? And the third time I was in, so 11 11 they're the ones. I was up on a ladder in my kitchen. I have 14 foot ceilings and about 12 feet off the ground I have 
a candle, um, well, multiple candles, but you put the batteries in and they turn on and glow every night by themselves. And my younger two kids were home. They were all five, eight and 10 at the time. And I said to them, as soon as I put this candle back, we're going to go pick up your sister from school. I climb to the top of the ladder. I feel it start to shift and I'm immediately ripped out of my body, not in a painful way, but in a fast way. I am turned around facing my body and the ladder suspended in the air. And I'm standing with three people that I didn't know, but they felt like family. They felt like friends, an Asian man, an Egyptian woman, and a Hawaiian man. And they said to me, they said, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay or do you want to go? And at that moment, I saw a beautiful angel, different from my first one, dressed in red and gold, come into the area right by where my body and the ladder were suspended. And I knew when I saw that angel, it was either here to take me home or to shift something so that I could stay. And as I saw my two younger kids in the kitchen, I knew I needed to stay. And at the moment that I made that decision, I was downloaded with a lot of information um, that I needed to come back and work with my mediumship and help people in the way that I could. I was told that my marriage probably wasn't going to survive. Um, there was, And that, that was accurate. And so there was a lot of information that was given to me in that moment. And then I do end up falling. I hit the back of my head on the corner of my granite island, and I have a five and a half inch skull fracture, brain bleed. I lost my taste, my smell, my hearing, my equilibrium, all sorts of stuff. But here was the amazing thing. I survived that fall by half an inch because that's how far off it was from hitting my brain Your brain stem. It would have been instant death. Mm -hmm. So why you? Yeah. Yeah. You came back. I came back. Um, why me? I think one of the things I've learned is that the universe can get our attention in easy ways or challenging ways. <laughs> there are times ways. of charm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I think that I there was always this calling or longing for my soul to dive into this more. And then finally, I was just put in a position where it was like, okay, are you going to do this or are you not going to do this? And, um, and, and, and so maybe that was part of my soul plan. My soul said, Hey, I'm going to have a hard time waking up. I'm going to have to take some hard knocks to wake up, but I got it. You know, your journey has been amazing, incredible, but all I know, but the thing that really strikes me is for everyone I've sent to you among my friends that you've channeled so beautifully for them. And I don't know the details of what you've told them or what happened, but I, I see them afterwards and the feeling of relief and comfort in knowing their loved one is at peace and joyful and with them. It's immeasurable. But see, it's it's that journey that you help so many people to heal with their walk. But I also know, and, and, and you're so kind to share, that you too have lost somebody very near and dear to you recently. Mm -hmm. That in a lot of ways, I, I call it an undocumented widow, a widow without a wedding ring. I mean, do you mind sharing a little bit about your loss? Yeah, absolutely. So it's very recent. It was just about six weeks ago on August 10th. My life partner um, took his life with suicide. And we were really in a great place. I had known him for four years. We had been together for a year, but got really serious kind of since January. We were planning a future. And now you are a widow. Yeah. I really, you know, they're different widows. We've got, I, I, I'm an I'm a suddenly widow. We have widows in waiting. We have wannabe widows, but we, we let them go get some therapy with their marriage. But you are somebody who, you know, you had a very close loving relationship, most likely would have happened, moved on into a marriage, but you still grieve. Mm -hmm. You still grieve. 
but doesn't it isn't it challenging to to do what you do as a medium is it difficult now is it harder as a medium knowing that that he moved on he passed he took his life i mean doesn't it make that harder? It Well, I actually think I'm able to see it more from two levels, our human level and the soul level. And yes, my human grief is still my human grief. There's no way around that. Um, I can't wishful think my way myself through it or talk myself out of it. It, it. And if I try, it'll slap me in the face and there's no working around it. But do I have a greater understanding of soul agreements and our in and that he's in a place that's okay and that he continues to exist and is connected to me. Yeah, I do believe so. You believe it. It does make the, the pain less. You know, I just know, and there are times that I think, you know, I, I see messages from John, I feel him, but periodically on, on anniversaries, for example, his birthday or a wedding anniversary, I'll reach out to you if you're available, if you're not doing, you know, and you're busy definitely, but I always love reaching out to you and, 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 getting an appointment for a, uh, for a reading because it reaffirms a lot of what I'm feeling with him. And I always delight in knowing that. And I think for a lot of us, just knowing that he hasn't gone away because there's specific things you say that you're able to channel that you can't Google some, you know, and I, and I do run into cynics and skeptics who say, well, she, she just reads your mind, right? And I know you don't Google it. There, there's things that I, last time I brought one of my widow friends, her husband had died like a year and a half prior and she'd never been to a medium. I dropped her off at your place, picked her up an hour later after I sat at Starbucks for an hour doing emails. And when I picked her up, I said, how did that go? And she remarked, oh, it was amazing. Rob was there and so was my mother, Rose. So perhaps somebody would have Googled her husband based on her last name. But there's no way you would have known her mother's name. So I'm going to pause. We're going to take a really quick break. I want to come back and further interview and ask you more about grieving and the messages from the other side and how we can help widows and other people heal. So stay tuned on the Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie and spiritual medium, Michelle Clare. So stand by for more. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is Career Combat? It's a show that airs at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Fridays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel that acts as your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Hear from the best and brightest in the biz as your host, Kelly Combat, gives you the answers you need. Career Combat, Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We have not seen a moment in history quite like this one. In this extremely challenging time, it is a moment of choice to support an evolutionary leap in our human history. On The Convergence, join Voice America host Dr. Kurt Johnson and evolutionary leaders from around the world for this inspiring series of radio and video presentations, Humanity's Moment of Choice, on how we make this world the one we want to see and the one that works for all. 
Let's make the evolutionary leap together. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to The Widow's Walk. Remember to check out the show page on the Voice America website for more episodes. Now, back to Dr. Connie. Welcome back to our show in which we give hope and joy to those who suffer and weep and cry. Our, our special guest in studio, medium and angel intuitive, Michelle Claire, has known her share of pain and sorrow. And she lost her beloved Gary about six, four weeks ago, six, six, six weeks ago. And it was through suicide. And we have quite a few listeners who have lost loved ones who have taken their lives, who have passed that way. And, it, and it's so painful. And what is your take as a medium on, on suicide? Yeah. What happens to them? Well, I mean, they are all met with love and comfort from the other side. So no matter how you get there, you're going to be greeted with love and compassion and understanding. They don't burn in hell. They do not burn in hell. They, they, they still get to go. They get to go. Did they complete their life's mission? Maybe not. Right. Because they might have checked out early, but they are greeted with love and compassion. And I will tell you the medium side of me that has been working with people with this for years. I, I can tell you no one is in their clear mind when they make that choice. That's what they say. They're not in their true rational mind to take your life. Mm -hmm. So you grew up like I did in the Catholic Church. How do you reconcile what you do with being a medium, being a medium, being a growing up as Catholic? Is that difficult? Is it something you're okay with? Um, Well, you know, I, I... I think I identify more as a medium than Catholic now, <laughs> but more spiritual. Yeah, more yeah. spiritual. Um, but I, I think there's beauty in both. One of the things I love about the Catholic Church is I was raised to believe I had all of these armies of angels and saints ready to help me. Right? Yeah, you get one at least one guardian angel, don't you? Yes, yeah. exactly. And you lose something, pray to Saint Anthony. You're going yeah. on a trip, pray to Saint Christopher. Like there's, <laughs> you have armies waiting to help you, right? Yeah, and and that's true. actually how it works in the universe. There are spirits guides, aren't they? Yeah, there are spirit guides, our life guides, our helpers, yeah. beings of light. They're all around us. You shared with me this beautiful story that you went to the lake where Gary took his life. Do you mind sharing that and what message he sent you? Yeah. So it was a couple of days after he had transitioned and my dad took me to the lake. And, um, you know, at first I saw this butterfly that came up and swirled around my head and touched me. And I said, oh, dad, look, there's a sign from Gary. And my dad said, that's not good enough. We need <laughs> dragonflies. Oh, and wow. All of a sudden. Specifically, dra- specifically. Why did he pick a dragonfly? He just put well, it out they there. They figured it'd be harder. Yeah. He's like, we need something better <laughs> than a butterfly. Give me something more. Yeah. 
And two beautiful golden yellow dragonflies appeared within seconds of him saying that. And I said, Dad, here are dragonflies. And he said, no, those are wasps. Those are wasps. It's a dad. Yeah. So then the next thing we see is this four-inch dragonfly comes by, and my dad says, "Okay, that's a dragonfly." I don't think I've ever seen a dragonfly in Arizona. Yeah. It was huge. So it was huge. massive. Yes, and it was no denying it. And so we spent time grieving and sitting there and talking, and then it was time to leave. So we started walking back to the car, and there was something on the ground. It was some kind of paper. I just stepped over it and kept walking, and I got about five feet away from it, and Gary said to me. That was for you. And so I turned around and I went back and I picked it up. And it, So you heard his voice or you I just did. felt it? You, he said, mm-hmm. that's for you. So you turned back and... I turned back. I picked it up and it was this beautiful sticker with flowers on it. And it says, it is well with soul. It is well with soul. What a beautiful message. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful message. Now, Skeptics would say it was a coincidence. It was, but you know what? How did you feel after that happened? Oh my gosh. Um, it was precious to me. I took it home and framed it. It is now part of the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and what did it end up there somehow that I can't explain? Absolutely. But does that mean that it wasn't me- meant for me? No. It worked. Right. You know, and that's what I tell people say, well, you know, in fact, when John was alive, I would tell him that, you know, I would go to psychics and astrologers and mediums. He says, I thought you were a woman of science. I said, I am, but there's a lot we don't know. And for me, it works. Mm-hmm. It works because the comfort and I can move on and I'm still a productive member of society who pays my ta- pays my taxes and does all the responsible things. And I thought I've harmed nobody. I harm nobody. And so why can I not embrace that? Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and I think we often, when somebody passes, we think that they are taken away from us and we're no longer in a relationship or connection with them. And that's absolutely inaccurate. We're still in a loving relationship, communication and connected to that person. Are they still in their body? No. Do they see the bigger picture on a soul level? Yes. Has that love and relationship continued? Absolutely. And so, of course, they're going to communicate with us in the ways that we can receive it. And if you're open to that, you will. You will see the messages, the signs, the repeating um, numbers on, you know, the phone or whatever this is. And you're also going to be able to feel them near you. So when you channel, how does it feel for you? Do you you meditate? Do you just open your heart and you, you just have that gift? But how does it feel within your body? Do you hear, you sense, you, you sense all those things? Yeah, most of my information comes through feelings. So I'm translating what I'm feeling into words. And then sometimes I will feel things. If somebody passed from a heart attack, I might feel tightness in my chest. Sometimes I'll see things, but more in my mind. And then sometimes I'll hear a word. But my main channel is feelings. So clairsentient, clairaudient, clairvoyant. You know, and I've read several other books by mediums, which you, by the way, are writing your book, which I think will be amazing. We'll definitely plug that. But your journey is very similar in the sense early on in their life, they have this gift. Are these gifts, do you inherit them? This came from a relative or just... You just got specially chosen? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know that they came from a relative, but I also think there's something that we all have. And mm-hmm. so my understanding about the mediumship and psychic abilities, it's like a muscle. The more you work with it, the stronger you can train it, 
Um, and it's also, we all have this to some extent, P some people will call it intuition or, oh, my gut just told me I should do this, right? Yeah, a gut yeah. reaction or my heart led me to this action. Yeah. So we, we have these natural channels of communication with God, source, divine, our loved ones in spirit, our angels, but, um, but our, we don't really call it that. We'll just say it was a, a knowing, a gut, a gut yeah, feeling. Yeah, a little gut. There are times in medicine I've shared with people that I'll say something, for example, when my friend Lisa, right before she died, they, they brought her to the ER. And when the ER doctor called me, I explained what happened. And they said, well, you know, we did blood work and her liver enzymes are high. And, and I said, she doesn't drink. That, that woman does not drink. I said, draw a run labs for a CA-99 antigen. And I just said, I wonder if it's pancreatic cancer. Just, I don't know where that came from. And sure enough, her level was greater than 56,000 and normals under 35 and she died of pancreatic cancer. Mm. So you don't know where that comes from, but I think, I think spirit whispers, it doesn't shout. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, but that do children, I, someone had once said children have that intuition. Animals can see mm -hmm. spirit. Yeah. Uh, kids are really more open to it because nobody's, we haven't been beaten down by society yeah. yet and told that's not your, yeah. well, it probably starts when their parents start saying, you don't have an imaginary friend. Right. Well, how do we know they're not seeing their guardian angel as their imaginary yeah. friend, right? Yeah. And so kids just come into this world more open and our animals do too. I have never once sat down and told my dogs, look, you're not seeing spirit. You're imagining this, right? So it's just very they natural. Start looking around. Yeah. It's very natural. And very often in life, our animals will point us to our loved ones. Have you ever wondered why your dog or cat always looks at that corner of the room? They're seeing it. Mm -hmm. So when you get clients, when how do people find you? How do they come to you? Yeah. So you, people can find me on my website, michelleclair.net. But I mean, I also do podcasts. I'm connected with Helping Parents Heal and some different avenues like that where people find me through. And um, normally, one of the things that I love about what I do is I actually can just see someone's energy shift with almost peace. Did it take away their longing for their loved one? No. Do they still have to get through the grief? Yes. But when we know that our loved ones are okay and still connected to us, that gives us the room to shift and move through things differently. Have there been any surprises in your readings that just have they ever have you ever been surprised oh by my one? gosh all the time if only i could remember them all yeah. right now you know i'm one time i was reading for a native american lady and the navajo code talkers came through and she recognized them as part of her family oh wow so that was very interesting for me i mean that was fun one time mother Teresa popped in in a reading and her message was very intense i saw so i was reading for this beautiful woman She's an RN. Her mother was in hospice. I think mm. she had eight kids. She was working full time. She was just brutally run down. And Mother Teresa came in and I, was, I said to her, I said, whoa, I've got Mother Teresa here. And she says, well, yes, I worked with her in Calcutta. Oh, so, oh my goodness. It's hard okay. to believe. Yeah. And, and Mother Teresa came in and said to her, she said, I never lost myself in service to others because if I had, I wouldn't have been able to serve. Oh, wow. And she said, and Jesus never lost himself in service to others either, or else he wouldn't have been able to serve too. And her whole message to this beautiful woman was take care of yourself yeah. so that you can help the others. You know, you're you're only as good as what you can give and you, you don't have, you've got to be good to you. 
who's the most quote famous person? Was it Mother Teresa who's come through? You Jesus, you mentioned Jesus. Yeah. So what what was Jesus like? Yeah. Well, Jesus is beautiful because he he comes in above any religion. He truly just comes in with this open heart, this love, this master healer, um, really here for everyone on the planet. It doesn't matter what your religious um, background is. There's there's a friend to be found there, and it's always a loving, guiding energy, um, and that's what. I find when I'm doing readings. Um, I really, I bring in my angels and I, and I work a lot with Jesus and I just say, okay, they're the filter to who's coming in for the reading. So my intention is that anyone that comes in or any information that is shared will be enlightened love and for this person's highest good. So you never say, do you ever say someone's going to die? Do you ever see that? I mean, do you see darkness where you ever predict or see someone's death? I, I clearly do not want that information. Yeah, so yes. I've, I've already made that agreement with my spirit team. Like, I, I don't, don't show me to that. Know. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I haven't found when people have reached out to me for that information, it's not usually in the highest good of anyone to know mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, they might tell me if somebody's sick with an illness, like, oh, this is kind of what the time frame feels like, but I'm never given a date. Right. Do you ever get it where you, you try to reach somebody, someone says, well, I'd like you to connect me with my late daughter. Do you ever find out that she's not popping in or she doesn't want to talk to you? I mean, do you ever get like a busy signal that no one's going to pop in? Rarely, but there are going to be like one or two times, maybe a year where somebody comes to make a specific connection. And in those moments, you know, as a medium, that's frustrating because I always want to be able to connect them with their loved ones, but it could be a couple of things. Maybe their loved one, let's say, is really good at speaking and I'm not somebody who hears well. So our channels are a little bit off mm-hmm. in that sense. I need to get the information through feeling. Um, but what I know is our loved ones are always around us wanting that connection. So it's rare for it to happen. But once in a while, it does. So when let's say you're out doing your normal thing as a mom and you're on the store. Do you ever get spirits popping in on you? Do they ever like wake you up? Do I mean, how invasive can they be? Like, Well, I have really good rules with my spirit you have boundaries yeah, i have boundaries i've <laughs> even with spirit world i have boundaries um and, and and i kind of this is my rule it's like when i'm working i'm wide open give me whatever i can receive for this person the rest of the time i like to think of it as a radio i turn the volume down on it so mm-hmm. it's not off but it's quieter and it's playing in the background it wouldn't be productive for my human life if all I could do is walk around and talk to spirit all day and I couldn't have human connections. Yeah. So I need to be able to have that balance. Where do you see yourself going as a medium? What would you like to see happen? Oh my goodness. Well, the sky's the limit with that. I mean, obviously I'd like to be able to reach large numbers of people because I want people to be able to make these connections for themselves. So to teach. Teaching is amazing. Yeah teaching is amazing. Um, my book will be coming out. Um, just being able to reach a larger larger audience. I don't believe that this is a gift for the chosen few. I believe we all have it and we can all strengthen it. And even if you're not looking to strengthen it because you're missing a loved one, any connection you have with spirit, source, or the divine is going to help you navigate your life easier. See, one thing amazes me because I know you and several other mediums and the they they're you all are amazing at at channeling and connecting but i i think a lot of what you love to do is really teach others so we can do this ourselves mm-hmm. right so we have that ability to tune in and as they say raise your vibrational frequency to be more receptive to them and also so we can help ourselves too 
Mm-hmm. Is there somebody you'd love to connect with that they haven't come through or repeatedly don't come through? Um, no, I haven't had that experience. And and I don't think most people do because yeah. our loved ones want to connect with us. They want us to know that we're still, ex- they want us to live our best life, yeah. even though they're not here. And so they're always cheering us on, giving us opportunities, wanting us to feel their love and their connection. Yeah, that amazes me. And you've, you've read for quite a few of my widow friends, what do you do when somebody comes to you and then they're grieving acutely? Obviously, you're going to read. Is there are things there are things that you tell them that bring him more comfort? I mean, what do you find works well in giving him that peace and comfort? You know, I honestly, I leave that up to spirit because I don't know what each person needs to hear. Mm-hmm. So when I really get in that reading mode, it's not Michelle. It's what spirit is saying that's mm-hmm. coming through. And so I let their spirit team comfort them in the way that they need to. But I think one of the biggest things and I always think of this as a mom, I have three kids. And so it's like, okay, if my kids aren't home with me, are they okay at college? Are they okay at their friend's house? Are they safe? Are they having fun laughing with their grandpa? You know, where as long as they're okay where they are. And that's yeah. one of the biggest gifts of mediumship is we find out our loved ones are better than okay where yeah. they are. They're in the best daycare, the, yeah, forever care mm-hmm. is really where they are. And I, you have, you know, we've spoken about John that, I go, what is he doing out there? Oh, he's busy. He's happy. He's well, good. He's set. So he's happy and he checks in periodically. And then, you know, you can never forget them, obviously, but you got to move on with your life on this side of the veil. What is it? What message would you like non-believers to know? Because I know there are quite a few out there just, oh, I'm not going to go there. And is there any message you would tell them or would want to tell them that those non-believers who struggle with losing loved ones who just say, well, I I don't want to do that, you know, because I have several whose wives want them to get a reading and they're just like, no, that's not for me. Right. Well, I say it's okay to be skeptical. Just be open minded. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you go to someone and you have a reading, use a website where they're they've been vetted. So find a certified medium is one of the websites. That's where I was vetted. And I said, go to some place like that, where you're going to find somebody that we know is quality that has been tested. How do you vet somebody? How do they do that? So I did five blind Skype readings. They would basically tell me, log on at 11 a.m. Wednesday and you log on, you have a blank screen and you just start telling them, hey, I've got a young man. He said he died of a brain injury and, you know, just giving information and they're sitting over there scoring you. So you're actually doing blind readings. Which group is this? This is for the Find a Certified Medium website. Okay. So they vet you and make sure you score and are accurate. Yes. And do that. That's great. Mm-hmm. So they, if someone's going online and let's say they're in Georgia or Virginia, they go on that fly, find a certified medium website. I think that's how we found you. Yeah, that yeah. is how you found me. Yeah. And what I know is I think there's over 40 mediums on there right now that have all been certified and vetted. And this is also as accurate over Zoom or Skype as it is in person because spirit can be in more than one place. Which I always find amazing because I love meeting mediums in person to be there, but you can call. Certainly you can call because, mm-hmm. but I always like to sing and, and do you feel the quote reception stronger if you're in person or does it doesn't matter? Does it doesn't it? matter. Actually, sometimes if I have someone in deep, deep grief, yeah, the Zoom makes it a little easier for me because I'm not feeling their deep grief as yeah. closely as I am you're imp- over you're Zoom. Empath. You're not feeling it, the down. If can somebody be so much at grief that nobody comes through, you don't, you can't connect as much? I haven't seen that happen or had that happen for myself. What I have had is I have had people come to me so quickly mm-hmm. after their loved one passed 
and I always record my sessions because mm-hmm. they, um, I feel like they're almost not present and they're yeah. not able to hear it. And I know that myself just working through this grief these last six weeks with Gary's transition. It's like, I'm lucky if I remember my name sometimes, you know? Um, And so, so sometimes I think people have a hard time um, connecting the dots because they're so soon in their grief, but for our loved ones in spirit, there is no time limit that you're supposed to wait. So one of my friend's dads transitioned and he came in and told me in the morning before she even called me. So you knew, Mm -hmm. right? So even though he transitioned, it was so quick, he can just pop it, you know, because after John passed, it was just a few days later that one of my other medium friends who you know, he popped in on her. Mm-hmm. And then she called. I mean, I, I told her to be on the lookout and he popped in on her. So I always just find it fascinating with that. But you do. I mean, you as, as we talk about your journey as well as a, as a undocumented or an unwed widow or whatever we call it. You're somebody who grieves a loved one mm-hmm. there and that you all forever feel his his presence you know, you have given so much relief and, and I think the whole issue is being comfort and knowing that they never go away mm-hmm. and that you can move on with your life knowing that like your kids, they're safe, they're taken care of and, and we're surrounded by love. What other messages do you feel from the other side there? Yeah. What is common message do you feel? Really, it's that they want us to keep living because a lot of times when we lose someone that we're so close to, we're ready to just shut the door, close the curtains, yeah. sit on the couch for the next however long and wait to die. Yeah, That's not what they want for us. They want us to live. They also get to live kind of vicariously through us. So as we're out <laughs> traveling or working or learning and growing, they're getting to experience that too. In one of the chapters, the last chapter in my book, um, it's about that heavenly realm. And I sat with spirit and I said, how long, how long would you describe our time here on earth? Because they're in a place with no time. And spirit said to me, Michelle, your time here on earth is just the longest second. It's that quick. It's that quick in the scope of eternity. You know, and it puts into perspective all the junk that goes on, right? Mm-hmm. All the things that we see in the media and the press and the fighting and the polarization and the anger that that's just a drop in the bucket of time and then all the bigger things so what what matters the most you know and i think one of the things you've you've shared is it's love what comes through in every reading and as they reach across is that love and that love never dies that love 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 never dies and i think that when we're when we get that message that our loved ones still love us that that brings tremendous relief. It does. Well, I can't believe our, our time's almost over. Can you believe it? What do you call it? The, the, the longest second? The longest second. That was the longest second. <laughs> so thank you, medium Michelle Claire. You can find her website online. What's the website again, Michelle? It's michelleclaire, C-L-A-R-E dot net. Thank and, you for having me. Oh, you've been wonderful. And thanks for helping me and all the widows out there who grieve and miss our loved ones. So thanks for listening in for this month's Widow's Walk. And we will join you next month. So take care and God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. We hope you've gained some peace and maybe even a glimmer of hope as you continue to move forward in your life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful day.